again for another round of the Take 5 podcast. And sitting across from me is the one and only Kayla. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so last last time, uh, last podcast, um, Kayla filled you guys in that I wasn't able to be there um, due to some other stuff that came up. But I'm here now. Um, I'm back. Happy to be back. And I'm happy to be here, and I'm, I'm ready to talk talk some movies with uh, with my girlfriend over here. So <laughs> I um, missed you. I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> missed you too. Um, so why don't you fill the the people in on what we're going to be talking about this week? Okay, so this week's um, topic that we decided to come up with was um, top five book to film adaptations, and we decided to stick to straight book to film adaptations instead of loosely based book mm-hmm. to film adaptations so um yeah we did that and it was there were a lot of different movies there are obviously a lot of the classics like movies that i haven't seen which sorry if we offend anybody that we didn't put those movies on mm-hmm. our list but um but yeah just like every week it's just my personal favorites list yeah and just um a notice ahead of time i haven't seen any of the lord of the rings movies so don't expect them to be on here um (laughs) so yeah that's just that's just letting you guys know ahead of time um i know i know i've card i know cardinally sinned um in the eyes of the movie guys but i'll be okay and i'll try to catch those movies sometime later um so let's get started Okay, yeah. So, um, do you want to start? Um, we're just going five to one, right? Yeah, five Straight? to one. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, my number five is The Silence of the Lambs, mm. which was written, the book was written by Thomas Harris, and the movie was directed by Jonathan Dem. Um, my number four is The Martian, um, which was, ri- the book was written by Andy Weir, and the movie was directed by Ridley Scott. Um, my number three is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, um, written by the one and only J.K. Rowling and directed by Mike Newell. Um, my number two is It, the new one, um, Stephen King novel, um, directed, um, who was, who directed that one? Uh, um, Andy Muschietti. Andy Muschietti, directed by Andy Muschietti. I think it's Andy Muschietti. His last name is Muschietti, I know that for a fact. Okay, so Muschietti. Um, and my number one is the one and only The Godfather, uh, written by Mario Puzo, the book, and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. 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 I've never seen The Godfather. I heard The Godfather 2 is better, though, but we'll get to that later. Okay. So, uh, I kind of want to, like, rewrite my list. Let's do it. My number five is The Prestige by Christopher Priest. My number four is Coraline, um, written by Neil Gaiman. My number three is Forrest Gump by Winston Groom. My number two is Lord of the Rings. And I... Which one? I Okay, that's the thing, is that this whole time I've been debating, and it's 
it's been a while since I've seen all three, but I know recently we were watching, well, not that you haven't seen all of the Lord of the Rings, but you, you've seen, seen half of it. You've seen half of it. We so, stopped halfway through. Yeah. yeah. And when we were watching it, like all of it came flooding back to me of the first one. So that one's the most fresh in my mind. So, but I know the third one's really amazing too. And so is the second one. I don't know. I haven't decided on which one yet. I'll go on and I'll decide later. Decide uh, now. You gotta pick one now. No. You gotta pick one now. No. Yeah, you gotta pick one um, now. Fine. Okay. Um, okay, so I'll, for right now, I will put Fellowship of the Ring, which is the first one, just because yeah. it's the most fresh. Maybe I'll change it once I rewatch all three. Um, I'll let you guys know. But my number one is The Prisoner of Azkaban by J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter and The Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. So, let's start out with the number fives. Um, number five. Yours was... Okay, so mine was The Prestige, which I know you haven't I seen. I haven't seen, no. And I actually watched recently with my dad. He um, told me I had to watch it. It was, like, super great. And I've, I've, I have heard good things about it, too. So this movie is directed by Christopher Nolan, and it stars Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman as the lead. And do you know anything about the premise of the movie? Magicians. Oh yeah, so there's two magicians, and they're like fighting. They're like battling out to see who's who. Who is like the better magician, you know? And um, there's like a twist, and I don't know. It's just a really it like really when I watched it, just I was like, this movie's so great, and the pacing at times can be a little little slow, but the storytelling is really great, and I'm a sucker for. Um, drama or not drama uh, period pieces like I love being taken back in time and it's honestly just a really great movie and I recommend it you have to watch it um and I don't know what more I can say without spoiling it but you can spoil it. I mean, I'm, how? Oh, like for me? Yeah. Oh, well, just I don't. I mean, no, I'll, I'll keep it. Like, and if anybody else hasn't seen it, I highly recommend watching it. It's a great movie. But yeah. All right. So your number five. My number five is the Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So I was gonna put that on. And I know. I guess I'm like being a hypocrite because we only really saw it once too. But I guess. Not that it, it, I remember, okay, you talk about it, it's your number five, go ahead. Um, yeah, we saw it together, and I just fell in love with it right mm-hmm. away. Like, I had been wanting to watch it for a mm-hmm. while, and we finally sat down and watched it, and, like, I fell in love with everything. Like, just, the main thing was Anthony Hopkins, um, as Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. one of the most, like, perfect portrayals of a character, like, that I've ever seen. Um, he's just so like composed but on the inside you know he's like evil like deep deep down you know something's up with him and there is he's, he's a cannibal so i mean and just seeing and just this i think my favorite scene of the entire one is the first time we see him actually eat somebody we see him eat one of the officers oh yeah when is he breaks like, out of his cell yeah. and just that whole because you know something's about to happen when the officers are coming through and they're like you know and then he gets out and he, he just Boom, just bites one on the neck, right? I think mm-hmm. it's on the neck. I thought it was the ear. Was it the... No, it wasn't the ear? Maybe know. it was the neck. I don't know. Uh, well, he bites someone. Mm-hmm. He chews someone's face. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he just digs in. Like, it's Thanksgiving dinner. And just, like, um, 
devours like you just see that and you're just like that's what the whole like the entire that's just, that's suspense between him and Jodie Foster's character that's what it's been, been building uh, been building up to and then you finally see it and you're just like okay yeah like this dude like even though he was like kind of helping her out to find Buffalo Bill um which like another perfect like one of the most like like uh, like cringe inducing but in the best of ways was that buffalo bill scene where you just see him just like oh yeah dancing mm-hmm. and it's you know everyone's heard of it or if they haven't seen it they've at least heard of it um and just that character is just so perfect and yeah just i think that whole film is just paced so well that scene in the dark where um you just see buffalo bill's hand reach out like that that's suspense and um that's just suspense done right in my in my opinion it's just it's just perfect suspense because like you see you see his hand reaching out for her and you just you're just so scared for her but like and even though you might assume that oh you know she's gonna end up getting okay whatever but it's like it's just terrifying because you've seen what this guy is like capable of and what he does and it's like crazy but yeah, so the Silence of the Lambs is my number five. Um, great movie, um, and like one of Anthony Hopkins' best performances by far. Yeah, he. I think the scenes between him and Jodie Foster every single time they're on screen together. Even though I don't think it's a lot that he's in the movie. He's not in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just every single scene that they're in is. It's, it's just so captivating and it makes you mm-hmm. so intrigued in this character that you're not really supposed to even sympathize for but or, you, but you, seen, you yeah. do, you're, you're just so invested in that person. And, and then it's just, it's great to watch both of them. The, their chemistry was amazing and you almost just like, yeah. No. Yeah. The chemistry yeah. between them two is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. And I think that's what makes you sympathize for him almost is just the way in which he's helping her solve mm-hmm. this whole thing that you almost want him to get out. Yeah, you, exactly. You, you think, okay, you know, you know, he's, he's helping. And mm-hmm. yeah, like again, just perfect. Just like a perfect like example of, of, of chemistry between two actors. And I think, I think the fact that you want him, because you forget that he's, even though he's behind bars or whatever, you forget that he's a bad guy because he's helping her, and it's just so intriguing to listen to the conversations that they have, but I think it's it's so great on the director's part um, that, who directed it again? It was uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Deem. Okay, well, um, it's so great how, like, we forget that, and we, and we sympathize, and we, like, love this character up until he bites someone and like he shows you who he truly is again and you're like oh that's why i don't sympathize with him you know mm-hmm. what i mean like oh now i know now like, i remember oh, yeah. you know like, that's a yeah, thing. That, yeah yeah um but yeah i think that was great but, yeah uh yeah it's a good movie awesome movie and I, I actually lied so i did watch it once before i watched it with you but i watched it when i was super little what time when, when did the, do you know when this movie came out um, 1991. Okay, 1991. So I remember watching it with my mom and my dad at my grandma's house. Um, I must have been like four or five. So the only thing I really remember from the movie was that one, it was like scary to me mm-hmm. and I closed my eyes a lot of the time. And two was um, Anthony Hopkins' character and the like mask that he has around his face. You know, the, the like 
Yeah. Yeah. The cannibal. Thing. Yeah. The, that's what I remember the most for that movie. So, but it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah I think it's just, it's just a masterclass in building suspense. Mm-hmm. And, it's and a good thriller. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect thriller. And, mm-hmm. and I think like it's one of the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah. Um, let's move on to the next, our next, Okay, so my number, number four. four. So um, my number four is Coraline, and so it's a book. It the book was written in. It's like it's like a children's book, but it's like a hundred and sixty something pages. You know, so oh, it's, wow. it's pretty long. Um, but yeah, so this movie came out. Let me see. So it came out in two thousand nine, and it was directed by Henry Selick. But, um, so I love Coraline to pieces. Like I've watched this movie so many times. I also really love, I, is it, I, is it, it's stop animation, is it? Things are so claymation, claymation. Um, I, I love the darkness of this movie. I love that it's like a kid's movie, but it is super dark. I mean, even my, it's, my sister Natalia says she's seven and she does not like the movie because it's too scary for her, you know? Um, I love the character of Coraline and I love how she goes exploring and how we meet all these different characters within this, the house that she lives in. And I love the fantasy of her going to meet her like other mother, how it's just this perfect fantasy life. And I think it's all something that especially when we're having hard times at our house or anything like that. We always dream of the perfect life. And it's just so great to see that it's not all that. It's all cracked up to be, you know, Mm -hmm. the idea of having her put eyes on. And just the color, like, because I think that the director did a great job at showing, okay, her real life and how, like, quote-unquote, like, tragic it is that her parents are paying attention to her. And it's super gray and dark and just gloomy and sad. But then once she goes into her, like, other house and her she sees her other family and her, every all that, it's super colorful and it's super vibrant. And, like, when I think back on the movie, I just think of all the times, like, especially, like, the dinner scene where everything is so bright. And then the outside garden scene when her dad is showing her all the lights and the flowers are all these different colors. And it's just super amazing and i love that movie to pieces yeah it's been a really long time since i've seen Coraline, but <laughs> um from what i remember and i remember this about the corpse bride too which is i um yeah from what i remember from those two movies from Coraline and the corpse bride is is um one they're very similar in tone and the animation is very pleasing to the eyes and yeah, they're just very well executed, very well done. Um, it's like if Nightmare Before Christmas had children. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I, I, yeah, um, I didn't even know it was a book though, which is which is news to me. I had no idea that 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 that, that had a book to it. Um, and the fact that it's a children's book is pretty interesting as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's one of my all time favorite like animated mm-hmm. movies. That and that one's not Disney. Is it Disney? No, I don't think so. I think it's um. Let me see. Uh, I don't know what it's from. Yeah. Oh. Uh. No. I don't know. But also, um, something I forgot to mention. Uh, D- 
Dakota Fanning's voice. Um, I really like her, even though she doesn't really appear in a lot of things, but just I remember from like the movie she was when she was little, she was super great. I think she does a great job at portraying Coraline, just voice-wise. The whole, um, and then what's her name? The one who plays the other mother, her, oh my gosh. It's like, Terry, I don't know. But she does um, a great job too, voice acting. So, you're number four. The Martian. Oh, the Martian, the one with Matt Damon? Mm-hmm, okay. Matt Damon. I, I I seen it. We saw it together. We saw it together. Um, honestly, like I remember it. Oh, I do remember it. It was really good. Okay, keep going. Sorry, <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, keep going. That was a good movie. I didn't know that it was a book. Yeah, it is. Um, or as I like to call it, Cast Away in Space. <laughs> um, it's which is basically what it is. If you really think about it, but um, yeah, I just love. Uh, first of all, I just love really Scott. Like, mm-hmm. like hit um. Alien um, is one of my, like, my favorite sci-fi movies, like, ever. And I think my favorite, like, I guess you could call it an alien invasion movie. when they're, But they're not technically invading, because we're invading them. But mm, Just, like, an alien movie, yeah. Just an alien, alien movie, yeah. Just alien movie, yeah. So, yeah, it's, like, one of, like, my favorite alien movie ever. And, um, but, beside, um, that's, but that's beside the point. Like, Ridley Scott is... One of my favorite directors in general and this movie is an example why it's just perfectly executed and that feeling of isolation is like communicated so well mm-hmm. and you see Nicky boy oh you see it in his face and, and you see it in his his demeanor and just kind of like the way he gets stranded and, and the way his team has to abandon him and how he just has to fend for himself and you're just rooting for him all the way through and yeah like you get so invested in him baking his plants and that whole like um just like is like the scene slash montage of him like growing it and putting it together and then figuring it out and that mm. whole thing and then when it it like um fails in the end because um um why i forgot that part why did it not work wasn't it like it like why did, yeah like what the plants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, an explosion happened. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Like something goes wrong with the airline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's like so devastating because you're like, how is he gonna survive now? Mm-hmm. And you just get so entranced, even though it's like no real dialogue because it's just him and it's just you watching. It's him talking to himself. Yeah, um, it's just so captivating. Yeah, it's very captivating, and just yeah, like you said, you mentioned the plants, uh, or him growing the potatoes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is one of the. Uh, like better parts of the movie it's just like him like struggling to like one get that plan together and then get it to work and then like I think at, the team decides that they're gonna come back mm-hmm. for him and then they're led by it's Jessica Chastain yeah right? her character oh, she's amazing and which to be, to be honest like in that movie she didn't really get to do much but she's it was still amazing it was still cool um yeah so they decide to flip the sh- uh, like us the U-turn, head back to Mars, um, try and pick him up when they find out he's alive. Um, which um, the was it? I think it's NASA, right? Neglects to tell them at first because they just want to get him home. But when they tell them, they decide to go back. And when they decide to go back, um, that's when the explosion happens, and his portions that he had for food are all of a sudden gone. And like he has to like what he would eat. I don't know what the division was, but oh, he has to eat yeah. a lot less. And then you start to see it in his body, and he starts to get really skinny. 
And then this, and then the scene where he actually gets rescued mm-hmm. again, like great, like tension and suspense yes. because he like he's he's flying on a bunch of like pieces, like he's flying on a like a bucket pretty much mm-hmm. to get back up. And then like you see it fall apart, and you see him like have to use his suit, and it's like just everything about it is just executed so well, and it's like it communicates that sense of just desperation of isolation and of just wanting to go home so well like and when he finally gets home it's just like you you finally get that sense of just relief and i think with movies like that that's what you have to feel is like if he gets off the island or in this case the planet it's just feeling that relief and they did that so well just like getting you to root for him getting you to want him to get home mm-hmm. and when he gets home he you know he obviously has his cool life now where he teaches kids about travel and everything but Matt Damon um, does it again with uh, this movie and Ridley Scott does it again too my favorite one of one of my favorite Ridley Scott movies so yeah I mean it's just perfect not perfect but it was a, it was a really good movie good. yeah yeah he's it's great it's a great movie um, if I'm being honest I remember it but not like that well so it's probably why I didn't put it on my list yeah it, but it's a great movie it it's great movie. it's great yeah it was good from what I remember. <laughs> so, number three. What's your number three? Well, my number three was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, yeah. Okay, why don't we wait for that? And we'll talk about the Harry, our Harry Potters. Our last. Harry Potters? Yeah, last. We'll do that last. What's your number three, then? Okay, so my number three is Forrest Gump. Oh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, great movie. I feel like that's just one of those where it's just like, everyone knows it's great, and we all just acknowledge the fact that it's great. Yep, and that's... And we all just call it a day, like... Yeah, like, what more can you say than, other than it's a great movie, because it is a great movie. I mean, I... It is. It, um, oh my gosh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> I cannot remember for the life of me. Uh, great job, great movie. I honestly watched it when I was super young, and then as I grew older, just kept watching it. It was my sister's favorite movie for, like, a good two years. Mm-hmm. She watched it on repeat, and... Yep, it's just one of those great movies. I mean, it is. It's really good. Just a lot of great scenes, great storytelling. Yeah, I think it's just. Yeah, it's just an overall great movie. It's just a great movie, and it's it, it tells like the story it tells, which is the story of Forrest. Mm-hmm. It's like you see all these like characters come into his life, mm-hmm. and they're all just so interesting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that they impact his life. Uh huh. Exactly. Especially Jenny, of course. Um, which, like, <laughs> I mean, her presence leads to one of the more heartbreaking parts of the movie. Did you hear the, like, conspiracy theory that, like, that's not actually his son or whatever? I don't know. Like, People those always try to fan find theories. Or... fan theories. No, I didn't hear it, but I'm glad I didn't because it's his son, so. <laughs> it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> but, yeah. He just hand forced one more, one more L mm. in his life. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, Forrest Gump is. I mean, one more is there. One more is there to be said about Forrest Gump that hasn't been said. Like everybody's seen it. Everybody knows you're right. Everybody knows it's great. We all. I didn't know it was a book. Another one that I didn't know was a book. So. It was written. A, I think this, it was 1984, 1980. It was in the 1980s, and this movie was adapted in 1994. Well, or it was uh, released in 1994. Yeah, but awesome. yeah. Um, we all collectively, that's what it was, we all collectively agree that, is that Tom Hanks is our 
American Treasure, and this movie. Oh, I don't. No, what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> the movie just encapsulates. No, I, I yeah, Tom Hanks is you know, great, and he's always yeah. great. I think the last Tom Hanks movie I saw was Sully, which was <laughs> I was like, yeah, Tom Hanks like is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the post or anything like I, don't know uh, if, I didn't see the post either. But I don't know if you had anything before that, but I think Sully was the last one I saw, and I was like, "Wow, like, how old is this man? And he's still doing this consistently." So I, I don't, I don't remember the last Tom Hanks movie I saw, but I think like not one I saw for the first time, but I think I had rewatched it again with my dad. Was um, or did we rewatch it? I don't remember. Uh, um, extremely loud and incredibly close. I love that movie. Oh. But that was a while ago. I mean, that's just the last. Honestly, I, I I'm not a fan of that one. You don't like it? No. Why? It's kind of shallow. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what it is. Like it just, it's, it kind of it does it, it's it's it does that thing with that movie with um, oh, what's his name? The guy who the guy from the Twilight movies. Laura Panson. Oh, yeah. um. um me, remember me. me. Was it Remember Me? I think it was Remember Me. The one with Emily DeRaven. I don't know. The one where it turns out that he's in the, in the Twin Towers. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> that one did it way worse, but, like, this one, like, it's not a bad movie, but, like, it's just kind of boring to me. Like, Aww. Like, I like that one. No, yeah. I mean, not that Tom Hanks is really in it as much. He's, he's just not, the beginning. He's, he's a dead man. Yeah, well, he died. But yeah. I think just the son's journey. Whatever. It's um not on our list, so it's fine. It's not a book, right? I don't think so. I wouldn't have played it. Would, it would have been like... That's... <laughs> okay. Um, so our number twos. Oh, number twos. Mine is It, the new one. Okay, so... Not the... The, the TV special one. series. So I didn't put It on my list because I literally just talked about it on our last episode with Karen. Oh, in 2017? Yeah, it was my number... Three, I think I put. Uh, well, I know. Yep. Uh, you're gonna hear about it. Hear about it all over again, and mm-hmm. I'll probably have the same things to say. But let's hear it from your side. Um, because Karen didn't put it on her list at all. Um, did I she was, see it? Yeah, she oh. put on her. Well, we talked about her because she had made a couple lists, and one of them was thrillers, and she put on her thriller list. But she like she preferred when she was thinking about um, scary movies. Um, Annabelle Creation took that one the spot for her. And instead of it, and um, oh okay, <laughs> oh, no. sorry, Karen. Oh no, um, okay. Um, no, yeah. I disagree with that so much. Like that's crazy to me. I cannot, I, I cannot stand behind Karen, and in, in that that's the, one of the hottest takes I've ever heard. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, I I I loved it, and mm-hmm. you loved it, and we saw it twice. I think, right? In theaters? You saw it once. I saw it twice. Didn't we see I'm pretty sure I saw it twice. I saw it with your sister. Did you oh. come with us that time? No, I didn't. Okay, mm-hmm. I saw it once, but either way. It I think maybe then I saw I must have saw it three times then if I saw it with you twice in theater. Because we did go see it twice. Yeah, we, I, we, we saw it twice, and then I saw it with your sister and my you sister. You saw it three times. Yeah, Okay, I did. so I did see it twice. Yeah, we did. Um, not that settled. Um, yeah, I loved it. And I loved it even more the second time, I think. Yeah. It's just one of those movies where it's like, wow, like, this is... And, um, the thing is, we just be, like, I remember the TV special was, like, it was made for TV, so you couldn't see, like, the real, like, 
terrifying part of it, which is like he would kill these kids, right? Like he would, and and like you got to see that, like in the like boom right away when when he um, when he bites off uh, Georgie's arm. What's his name? Georgie. Little, Georgie's yeah. When he bites off Georgie's arm, and you just see those teeth. <laughs> oh my gosh! This movie is extremely funny and scary. Not it's not extremely scary. Oh yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Too. It's hilarious. That part where <laughs> where he's like waving Georgie's arm. And that one scene, I, I don't know who he's, like, looking at, but when he's, like, waving his arm and then he takes a bite out of it again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The movie's just so funny. It's, it's amazing. It's, I love this movie. Yeah, it's so good. And um, the kids in the movie are all great. Great talent. I think um, them picking lesser known, because it's easier to do that when it's children, obviously, to pick lesser, like, not known talent. I mean, the only one they got that was... Um, well known before was the kid Finn. off Stranger Things, yeah, Finn. Finn Wolford, yeah. Wolfhard. I yeah, I can never say his last name, but um, yeah, their talent's amazing. They really brought this movie to life. Really brought the characters to life. Um, I haven't read the book, and I really want to because I know that it really dives deep into the it mythology and all of that goodness. But yeah, it's a great horror film great coming of age film um yeah can't wait for the second one yeah me neither um it's exciting and i think i haven't read the book either but from what i understand i know that like the the director um cut out that scene where the kids are like feeling like doing things to beverly like no they don't do things to beverly they all collectively engage oh, okay so it's in, like consensual yeah, yeah. that's because good. i that's be, good but it's also like good that it wasn't in the movie they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't they would not get away with that i know exactly which is like my point it's like i don't know what was going through on through stephen king's head like where this well is. i guess it's because like i remember listening to this on a podcast when they were talking about it was that um that's kind of all she knows because of her father because they're younger in no i know and the, and, fact, like, in the book her father like sexually like yeah is implied very heavily and it's like wow like honestly and they did they, they did like they did it so well it's mm-hmm. not like oh my dad's a rapist like here it is it's like yeah it's just like sub like very subtly in there like they just in, in, instill a different kind of fear in you when watching the yeah, scenes with her father that, those scenes were like some like some of them were like more like harrowing than like the it stuff yeah or the, or the pennywise stuff um yeah again well done and then uh, Pe- uh pennywise himself bill, uh, bill, bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård. yeah he's amazing great, great performance and and i know i remember when they first announced bill Skarsgård as um pennywise i remember hearing a lot of like oh reactions of like this guy is pennywise like really like like you know obviously everybody's judging him before he comes out and then the f- like the first pictures released Everyone was still kind of skeptical, and then he literally just blew everybody away with his performance. Because I know a lot of people like adored um, Tim Curry's version, of, which I think this uh, is better than his. Yeah, this is the best it adaptation there is. Yeah, it's not even close. It was such a great. I, I could watch that movie over and over again, and it's extremely funny and just. It's just a really well-directed movie. And I think what they did with the source material, and they did it justice. I mean, obviously, I really can't speak 
because I haven't read the book, <laughs> yeah. but from what I've heard, they've done from, it from the From the Spark Notes, they did it justice. I didn't even read the Spark Notes. I don't want to... Because no, I know there's I, a lot of other good things in there. I don't want to ruin it for myself. Why would I read Spark the Notes? Movie, no, there's other things. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyways, um, it's, yeah, one of my favorites of last year and one of the better, one of the best Stephen King adaptations. Um, there's The Shining. That one's pretty good. But I mean, I guess it, they um, didn't really, uh, I think the book is obviously better than the movie. What, The Shining? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't um, read the book, so. Just Stand By Me. That one's a good movie. Yeah, but this is still better. Do you think it's better because it's current? No, I like I've seen The Shining and I lo- and The Shining's great and it's like honestly like if that like spoiler like it's one of my honorable mentions but Oh, I th- you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> we brought it up. <laughs> um it could still be a secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I take that back. The Shining is not an honorable mention. My honorable mentions <laughs> will be revealed later in the show. Um but yeah, like mm-hmm. The Shining is, is is a really good movie, and it might have something to do with the fact that it's it's more current. But um, I just think the 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 sentiment of it as a whole got me more than The Shining did, and that's like. Whoa. I think another thing that really, um, like really, I loved about it was the fact that I was really wondering how are they going to, like. Not how are they going to make it better, but how are they going to do this differently? You know what I mean? How are they going to make me love this movie? How are they going, you know, like, which is all something when you think about, like, reboots, especially in the world that we live in now of, like, reboots and, um, uh, like, just redoing um, source material. It's just how is this going to differ, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that it blew everyone's expectations because do you like I don't think any of us thought that it was going to be especially with like horror films and like these types of movies a lot of times they make them cheap they're cheap and they make them and it's these like kind of cheap premises sometimes of the like the uh, you know just these jump scares and like just kind of this like they're not really great movies a lot of the horror movies that get put out here put out there and just the fact that this movie blew our expectations was a great film great writing just well put together and they gave i think it's andy muschietti i think they gave him his like free reign to do which is something that you know is not really given out a lot these days to directors with studios always kind of jumping in but it's it was in my top five of 2017, and it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to our number ones. No, our number twos. That was my number two. Oh, I, my number two. Oh, your number two. That's right. Okay, let's well, see your number two. So, my number two is Lord of the Rings. Which one? We forgot already. Oh, is it the first one? Fellowship it's just the so hard because... Well, you gotta pick one. When you do when you do top five trilogies and you can put them all three, but right now because they're all they're all three great for their own reasons, and it's the it's hard to choose because like the first one's amazing because of the way that it came onto the mm-hmm. scene, and it's like okay, one of the first movies, and it's 
great. You know what I mean? And the third one's obviously amazing because we finally get to that I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but get to the ending of the movie. And the second part is just great because of the journey that they go through within the um okay, I'll stick to my I'll stick to number one. Uh like because it's the most fresh in my mind, but the reason why I love that film and all three, I could easily put all three Lord of the Rings in my number two spot because they're all great films. Great storytelling. I know that they're long, but honestly, if it's a good movie, I don't care that it's long, you know? I don't mind sitting through all of that. Um, uh, the director, uh, what's his name? Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Um, oh, I oh, Peter Jackson. Um, he does a great job at introducing us to all these characters and giving them purpose and focusing on each one and making us really fall in love with each and every character that is shown to us and that we actually care we care about these characters the storytelling of just this different world i think he brought um jr tolkien's um like books to life i know that like a lot of people love these books and that there's these amazing masterpieces and I just think that without giving anything away they're some of the best the one of the best trilogies that I've watched some of the best movies like fantasy action like it's just they're they're great movies but yeah I will find out yeah I, I will know. find out how great they are eventually one of yeah. these days so um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that Lord of the Rings is on there. I think Lord of the Rings would be on a lot of people's list in terms of books. I mean, they were the, they were the, like, the, like, first, like, franchise to, like, mm-hmm. do that, you know? Because we, we had, like, we've had, like, other books converted, but this was, like, the first, like, boom, trilogy, like, where it was, like, back boom, to back, to back to back, and they were all really, really well done, from what I understand, so... Um, was it the first trilogy? Like, the book? book trilogy? No, just trilogy or a franchise in general. Was it no, the first... it wasn't the first franchise, but it was the first book to movie franchise. And it just cashed Oh, in. yeah, yeah, okay. I was just thinking. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was great. They had great movies. Okay, so our number one, well, your number one. My number one, mm-hmm. um, The Godfather. Okay, so let's What's... talk about my number one and your number three. Three is it your number three or is it your number four? Oh, Harry it's Potter? my number three. Okay, so we'll talk about Harry Potter movies. Um, it's three. Yeah. This is obviously subjective because I know that um, uh, I know that like s- some of people's favorites are any of the eight movies, you know. Um, but this movie was actually. My, well, it was kind of my least favorite when I first watched all of the movies, and I was the Goblet of Fire. No, no. Oh, um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, really? So yeah, it was it was one of my like least favorite when I first watched it, and I just didn't appreciate it. But obviously, I'm a big Harry Potter fan, and read all the books, and I've watched all the movies countless times and just every time I'd go back it was always just the one that I love the most it's Mm -hmm. the one where they're finally 
like young adults and they're we get into the darker themes of Harry Potter and they're not kids anymore and it's this big tonal shift in mm. term in terms of like style and directing and just storytelling it's completely different than the first two because the first two they're kids and they're young and they're going on these little adventures and not to take away from them but they're just kind of no like yeah, they're kind of tragic a little bit and the fact that, like, he doesn't have family and all that stuff. But once you hit that third one and you meet Sirius and you're like, finally, something good's happening for Harry and he's going to have a great life and he doesn't have to live with his those parents. And it's like, boom, like, he can't really. And then he's gone. Not that he's gone, but that, um, like, he, you know, flies away and he can't live with them. And because he's on the run. And, mm-hmm. and just... Then you see that he has, like, a really great professor that he really falls in, not falls in love with, but, like, really falls in to, like, I don't know, like, just really enjoys his teaching. And then you think, oh, he's going to have that. And it's like, no, he can't because, obviously, they have a different defense against the dark arts professor every single movie. And I just love, I love that movie to pieces. And it is easily my favorite one. But... Your Harry Potter movie, which is... Which is The Goblet of Fire. Um, so that was actually the first book I read in the series. Mine too. Yeah. My my dad would read it to us when we were little, and he'd read a chapter each night. And then that's when I was like, I have to read them from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, and, yeah. Um, the thing with The Prisoner of Azkaban, which is a... You mentioned the tonal shift. Um thing of the prisoner of Azkaban and the tunnel shift it's it's true and like honestly like that's one uh another like that's honestly like one of like one of the better movies too for me like ranking them it'd be up there but for me goblet of fire i think goblet of fire for me is just um i i don't i don't know if it's necessary that because i think the thing with these movies is like none of them is really like far and beyond like number one I yeah, they're all really. They're cool. all well. They're all well done. Is yeah. yeah. It's it's honestly just your, your um, your uh. Your opinion. Yeah, I guess when it comes to movies, because preference. Yeah, your preference exactly. It's like it's your preference because they're all really great and exactly like they're not all far behind from each other in terms of like oh my gosh I like this one better I think, um, it's just preference. But that one is probably one of my second favorite ones. It's. The games, um, the Triwizard Tournament, it's mm-hmm. super fun because it's, it's different from them just going to school, you know, because the other ones, it's like them and their term and we just, like, it's them and their school life. And this one's different because it focuses on something else while still the whole threat of Sir- or of uh, Voldemort and all that mm-hmm. still is in play. Um, and we get to meet all, like, different schools and different characters and we get to see his friendships where it's, it's like you we escape his like sad life and go into his really happy life in each movie and in this one it's like his like time that he gets to escape away it's kind of tragic also because he's fighting with his friends and they're not all close and it's great to watch him grow as a character on his own without having to rely on his friends for a bit of the movie Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You, that was kind of basically all my talking points. Oh, so. Sorry. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it for all those same reasons. I liked it for the conflict between his friends. And the first the first time we see conflict between him and Ron. And, yeah, the Triwizard Tournament. And we just see we just see that kind of, like, that jealousy start to arise within, like, Ron. for Not just for Harry, but, like, also, like, for Hermione, too. And, like, they're all starting to obviously develop feelings and develop, like, attraction to, um, like, in Harry's case, to the... Oh, Cho. To Cho, and then in Ron's case, to Hermione and everything. And then we see her getting, like, whisked away by, um... By Crumb, Victor Crumb. Crumb. Victor Crumb. And, and it's, it's these different... And that's what I love about these movies, is because we're growing up with them, and each movie is them growing up, that we see the different things that they... Mm-hmm. Um, especially us, I like, we were closer to the age as, as not, like, so much, but, you know, into where we could relate, and so them just going through these different things as they're getting older and so like in that one you know like yeah the the feelings like that they develop within their friendship is something that's um great to watch mm-hmm. definitely yes yeah, it's, it's really fun to watch and the dynamic is like the, that dynamic between friends is there like they're not just always happy all the time now and then again yeah the tribe tournament is really fun and just seeing how harry um prevails against like keeps keeps finding ways to 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 get out of like not to get out of, but to find ways to like advance and and earn points um, is really cool. And then that whole um, one thing that I do wish they would have um, in the movie that they would have given more time to was the whole dynamic to, between him and um, Cedric, mm-hmm. um, which we didn't really get to see. So the death at the end was a little hollow, mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's still it's still sad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there and and. Um, it's also really cool that we get to see Voldemort for the first time. Yeah. Which is, is this is the first movie we see him as him, as the mm-hmm. Voldemort we see for the next four movies. Um, so, Ralph, yeah. Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. He pronounced his last name. Such a great job at Voldemort, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, like, overall, like, to me, it's just... I think I think my favorite part of this entire movie is just how much more it adds to the world that it's built. Yes. It just adds all these elements to it that we didn't know existed, like the whole Quidditch World Cup at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and then the Triwizard Tournament, and we find out that there's other schools mm-hmm. and other places, um, and like all these games and all these creatures. We see mermaids, and like we see all these things, and we it's see like dragons, dragons, and you learn about um, Ron's like um, brother uh-huh. too. A little bit of it, just... So just all these things, and I think that's, like, what makes this movie really stand out to me. It's just, like, a bunch of elements that it has. It's really fun. Um, it's probably my favorite book, too, of the of the seven. Um, really? Yeah. I loved um, The Deathly Hallows. Which is the last one, right? Yeah, I remember waiting for that book to come out and waiting and then when it finally did, we got it, like, that first day and we, I remember I read it in like three days because of how amazing that was i really really like that book actually yeah but good yeah but um i love harry potter yeah harry potter's great and they're movies i could watch all the time and i probably watch them more than i can count the one thing i don't i don't like harry potter for is the whole cutting the last movie into two that i am not a fan of so i just I like, but they—I don't think they could fit the whole movie. No, I know. I, I no. I mean, they did it with the other ones. To be fair, they fit the entire book into one movie. 
Were they, they, they were the first ones to do the part one and the part, part two. The part one and part two. And that's yes. what I'm saying. Is like, then the Hunger Games did it. And then uh, the Twilight Saga did it. And then... Um, can't fault them on that, though. You didn't think... No, I, I'm not... I know, but I'm just saying, like, the Deathly Hollows itself, like, the movie... The, the, oh, the, fir- first, the first part... It, the it, first... It's, my it, problem with a lot of movies is the building up, and then it's, like, just building up to build up to another movie, basically. Yeah, no, and that's not even just that. It's, like, if you think about it, like, that's what... Um, episode five, Star Wars did just built up to built up to six, but it's still a complete narrative, and that's what these movies don't like. They kind of just like, okay, like we're gonna do the movie, but let's just stop halfway through and not like give you anything. Like they literally don't give like there's no resolution. Not that there needs to be, but like kind of like there needs to be some kind of resolution to at least like. I think that like. The ending that the first one was Dobby's death, right? Yeah. That was like so that's what I'm ending. saying. It's like that's not a resolution. It's just someone dying. Yeah. So then you just roll credits. Like, oh, why? Like, that's it. Like, that's. I mean, to me, that's just not a fun movie. Like, it's. I. It's a yeah. better book than it is a movie. I think. Oh, reading, yeah. reading the book as a whole, and then, um, I understand why they did it. Like. Because they wanted to get the full book out, and but was, that's the hard also, thing. With the, it was also a cash grab. Like, let's be real here. Like, it was also to get more money out of it. You want to take away the magicalness of? It's not, unless, but like we also we also just have to like be like they were. I mean, come on, it's a studio. Like, two movies makes more than one, right? So. Yeah, that is true. And hence, why the other studios followed suit because mm-hmm. it worked. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... That is the problem with the whole part one and part two, is you're right. When thinking about, like, Hunger Games, I mean, I don't even think I can remember the part one of Hunger Games. That's what I'm saying. And and Deathly Hallows part one is just super forgettable for me. Because there's no narrative. There's no... It's it's missing something. I think the middle of the Harry Potter um, books are the best because of how much like storytelling there is in mm-hmm. each one and how much fun and different and I mean the last one's cool because obviously it's the end and it's like the big fight and then the resolution of finally winning and all that stuff it's great but I just think the storytelling of mainly the third the fourth the fifth one's alright and then the sixth mm-hmm. even the fifth one's pretty good that one's um, The Lord of the Phoenix it's still good um, they're all great actually honestly I love those movies I want to watch them right now yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they're, that's why it's my number one. Um, I have just such a special place in my heart for Harry Potter, and I always will. So yours is The Godfather. Mine is The Godfather. And... I cannot contribute in any way to this other than I heard from... Well, not that I've heard, but that I've like heard different things of that. It's either The Godfather is the most amazing movie ever, or it's the second one is better than the first. I don't know, but I know that the first one is really good. So, and this one is the one that's like based off a book. I don't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, The Godfather. Um, I don't think part two is part two or part three are based off novels. So, mm-hmm. this is the only one that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Puzo, Mario Puzo, and is it Coppola or Coppola? Coppola, Puzo and Coppola. Um, they actually worked together on the screenplay for this, which I think when you do that, it really, and it really benefits the film because then the, both visions are given their fair share, which is a lot like, you know, we, like we see that be a problem a lot of times in movies. Do you know that E.L. James, um, helped with the screenplay of Fifty Shades of Grey? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. Oh, gosh. Yes, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> the movies are awful. Please never, ever, ever continue that series. They're Yale done. James, Yale James, if you're listening, please never write another book. Ever. Well, she did the whole... Uh, or was it from or she wanted to do from his she did the first book of, of his from his perspective oh okay which is well, basically I mean, just that's... copying Twilight all over again but whatever I mean she's like literally like making millions off of Twilight like that's crazy like people ate that stuff up and that's crazy to me cause like I don't even have to read the book to understand how awful it is just watching that movie we only saw the first one we only saw the first one and it was literally like the writing is terrible one of the worst movie going experience worst slash best because i got the i got a good laugh out of it from we laughed at it the whole that's what i'm saying it was it was so cringy it was so bad it was not even it wasn't even it wasn't even so bad it was good it was so bad it was bad because it was it was still really it it managed to be like cringe funny but like also really boring which is like crazy like not a lot of movies can do that and you think like this is supposed to be like the sexy movie, you know what this I mean? This is literally like, supposed to be like softcore porn on the big screen, like. And it was so. And who cares? Like who? Boring. Literally, who freaking so cares? So boring. They had no chemistry, and I can't believe that they, like. I can't believe that they did two more movies together. Yeah. I don't even know like, what's the guy. What's the girl's name? Uh, Dakota Johnson. She was the better of the two, but that's beside the point. But I heard that he's super good. Um, I forgot what his name is. Uh. But that he's really good in this, like, TV show. Um, like, that's why. I well, I mean, it's not. I mean, he was. they worked with what they were given. And what they were given was garbage. So, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they're, they're, they're like, capable actors. I mean, and I think they probably took it thinking that, like, oh, this is going to launch their careers. Just, like, how uh, Twilight really launched Robert Pattinson and Kristen, Kristen Stewart's yeah, career. Yeah, Twilight was awful, too. So, I mean. Uh, uh, yeah, they're bad movies, but I Reasonable mean, risk. Twilight's were, that's my, like, that's my, my, um, like, middle school right there. I love those movies. that was movies. everyone's middle school. Right? The, like, huh. you cannot tell me that you weren't a girl in, like, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and you were dying for these movies. I remember all the girls at my school, we all left for, like, not all together, but, like, all the girls were absent the day that it was like the midnight premieres because I remember that was when they were still doing midnight premieres and it was like Thursday and you had to wait till midnight to go watch the movie and every, the line was around the block for all these movies. Every time we'd go watch them, it was crazy. I loved those movies. Now watching, going back and watching them, oh my gosh, they're so bad. They're really bad. They're so bad. I only, I've, I've only seen the first two and they were Really? Bad. You haven't seen any of the rest of them? Oh my gosh. There's only four, right? Yeah, there's Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and then um, Breaking Dawn. It's just Eclipse. Part one and two. Which is Twilight, Blue Moon, Eclipse, and New Moon. Okay, whatever. Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse. So there's five Breaking movies. Down, Part one and Part two. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad that I never watched the rest. Uh, um, but anyways, back to The Godfather, which is like. What oh. is- yeah, that was such a random uh, tangent. But yeah, okay, talk to me about your Godfather. The Godfather, um, like it's, I mean, obviously it's regarded as as one of the like, best movies in American history. And shoot, man, after after watching it, like it's really hard to argue against that. Like mm-hmm. 
everything about the movie is just so perfectly executed. The act, the roles, Marlon Brando is Don is Don Vito Corleone. Wow, like like literally one of the most iconic figures in cinema history, like Don isn't Corleone. He like, but isn't he not even Italian? Isn't he, huh? Isn't he not Marlon Brando? Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. Like it was still really good. Like, I don't know. Like to me, it's like if not that not that it's right, you know, to like cast people like that. But mm. I mean, he did such a good job. Mm. Like. You if you if you like if you watch that movie and you see Marlon Brando's performance and the first thing and one thing you get out of it is he's not Italian like come on like get out of here, like it's just so good like he literally captures that character and that and just mm-hmm. like the what yeah I said mm-hmm. oh he literally just captures like the 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 like the gravitas of like that man like literally like the freaking king of that family because there's five families in New York so he's the king of that family and they basically run the city up until. Like, you know, he gets shot down, um, which he ends up surviving, which again adds to like that whole mythical like aspect of his character of like just being that like unfazable, like unkillable man. And like, but I think like the highlight of it all is Al Pacino as um, Mikey, as Michael Corleone. Mm-hmm. And just like his arc and his like development going from like coming back from the war and then coming home to just see like this world of just hatred and 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 murder and and power and him just like developing him just like developing as a character into the man his father is but like you could even argue he's even more cold like even more cold-hearted even more like just like yeah go like you know kill this dude like and you just see that and at, and at the end when he's finally just turned into that man it's like wow like that was, was, that, was that an attempt at a, like an accent huh? I heard? When you, <laughs> when you said go kill that dude? No, I wasn't. I honestly wasn't trying to do an accent. Um, but it's kind of hard not to when talking about this movie because it's like full of Italian-American accents. Oh, yeah. But yeah, everything's just so perfect and, and, and the, like the, 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 the dialogue between the characters is like so iconic, like, and and so moving and like it's just I mean it's just perfect like to me it was just so well done and you could just feel like um like Michael's like inner struggle with having to step into the role of the Don because his father's on his way like he's he's been he's been like like he's crippled now pretty much like he can't do what he used to do because he's so damage from the gunshots and yeah just like Al Pacino's coming out party obviously and I mean it, it, everything about it just lives up so yeah I mean I don't know I don't know what else to say I wish I could add more to this conversation but um it is on my list of classics that I do need to watch Honestly, there are just so many movies out there, and I just maybe should stop rewatching Harry Potter movies and get to these other ones. Oh, I mean that's the thing is like uh, there. That's the thing is like, The Godfather is another one of those movies where like it's just super long, and one of the reasons why like I never like wanted to watch it was just because it was so freaking long. Like mm-hmm. 
it's but like once you just sit down like once you have like near like three and a half hours on your hands and you just sit down nothing else to do and you just watch the movie you're just like immediately captivated mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah well great list and i commend you on it oh, you too yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, so those are our lists. And those are our lists. So that's it for this week, right? Yeah, that was, that, that was great. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for if you're still listening. Thanks for um, tuning in. And I hope to catch you guys on our next episode. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye. Go watch The Godfather.